podcast episode and in this episode we're talking to Susie Flynn of Susie Flynn Coaching about some of the experiences that she had when starting her business up. Um, So hopefully this will inspire you to help you through any challenges that you may be experiencing and just show that setting up a business is a fun but exciting and challenging experience all at the same time. So welcome Susie and thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's an absolute pleasure to be here today. So on with the questions. So first thing I'd like to know is what made you take the step to start your own business? I love that question. I was actually reflecting on it before our podcast today. I guess from a very, very early age, there was a defining moment where I knew I really wanted to help others. But for a long time, and, and probably for many people, I didn't really know what that looked like. And I ended up following sort of my mum's footsteps. She was a receptionist, telephonist, and I went into the administrative field and became a secretary, PA, and made my way up to EA. But I think in my sort of mid to late 30s, I started to get a bit frustrated with the corporate world, dealing with redundancies and all of the challenges that came with that, organisational restructures. And, you know, when you just have those bad days and you just say flippantly in your head, oh God, if only I was my own boss. But I think initially it was just one of those throwaway comments and I didn't really pay too much attention to that voice in my head. And then I came across coaching And I didn't really know what it was. And I was like, this sounds interesting. This sounds like it's in my area of interest because my background is psychology degree and A-level. So I started to explore it. And then sadly, I lost my parents in 2013, about six months apart. And for me, that was probably the catalyst for making a decision to do something different. Unfortunately, I didn't have a great experience with that particular employer. And I was actually put through a disciplinary for poor performance while I was suffering from depression, stress, anxiety, and a double bereavement. So I guess I kind of felt that I deserve more, that there must be something more out there for me. So I decided to look into this coaching. So I invested with some of the inheritance money I had from my parents into the coaching academy. And I can, I guess it just really started from there. It took a few years to do just because of different things getting in the way, um, including climbing Kilimanjaro and raising almost 5k in memory for my parents, which was amazing. And then I went on to do other trainings, NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming, EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And then ultimately, it's interesting how I set up my business because I decided around the end of 2016, when I was about to be made redundant again, I was about to buy my first home, that, okay, I've got all the trainings, I've really got to do something about it now and really get this into action. But um, I think my fears got in the way a little bit and I decided, well, I'll, I'll, I, I know I don't want to be working as an employee anymore. I want to be my own boss. So I decided to train as a virtual assistant with Joanne Monroe from the VA Handbookers. And then on the end of January, 31st of January, 2017, I had some of my own coaching and the realization that, wait a minute, no, I actually do want to be a coach. So I stepped into that. And that is literally when I started building the coaching business. And it just, it's flourished from from there, really. It's been amazing. Um, because I take speak to many other business owners about some of their motivations why they started their business. And it's interesting that unfortunately bereavement is, is probably mm. one of the bigger catalysts. Yeah. Um, I just wondered um, something you just said there in, in your answer. Do you feel like your parents 
have supported you because you've used some of that inheritance money to maybe kickstart your new business? Because I know that, unfortunately, I, I was in a similar situation where I lost my dad and I've used some of that money to help my business. And I just feel like now that they've got some input as well. Yeah. Well, I, I never thought about it before. So thank you for asking me that. And um, I, I mean, I think I had a little bit of savings, but I definitely think it helped because I wanted to train as a coach. And although coaching isn't a regulated industry, you don't technically need to do a qualification for me. It felt right. And I don't think it would have been easy as easy to get started with that training and that investment in my personal development if I didn't have the inheritance. So yeah, great question. I definitely think that definitely played a part in taking that decision and really stepping into the coaching role and really supporting my clients with it's a lot about belief as you know I'm a mindset and business coach but I, I I think for me it was like when I was young I was bullied and I had such low self-esteem and confidence and I know that having had been in the assistant role for 22 years when you're an assistant sometimes you don't value yourself enough you don't give yourself enough credit etc so it just felt natural for me to move into that coaching space and really start to support my clients around that although my business of course has evolved a lot over time yeah so what has been the most benefit to you by running your own business I guess there's two ways to look at this in terms of the benefit so the benefit for me personally is being able to have that time freedom to be able to have an hour and a half for lunch if I want to have an hour and a half for lunch or to just take a day off when I want to take a day off because I'm my own boss and for me it's about the choice like I'm all about choice about breaking the status quo of the nine to five like you can do it if you want to but it's not the only way there are other options you have a choice so for me the benefit of running my own business oh my god it's it feels endless (laughs) I have the freedom the choice those are probably two of my biggest values I can just pop to Aldi or the Super Tesco, wherever I go, spend on the day, <laughs> 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm not going to the gym at the moment, partly because of COVID and partly because of an accident a few years ago, and I've just not got back into it. But I have that freedom. I have that flexibility. I get to choose like who I work with. I get to choose if a client is right for me and if I feel I'm not the right fit. It's very much like a two-way process. And I just think it just gives me so much of what I've always been looking for to make such a deep difference in people's lives, not just the setting up of the business in terms of setting up the VA business, but really helping them know what is possible. So I think that's huge for me, having that freedom, the flexibility, making that huge transformation and just having my clients see those wins. And then I think the other benefit that I've received from running my own business is the willingness for myself to invest in my business so I invested in Helen Pritchard's LinkedIn mastermind and that's really helped my business take off and I recently just at the start of lockdown invested in seven figure coaches I heart my life Emily Williams and again it's really made a difference and of course it's had an impact on how I've been able to support my clients so there's literally endless benefits Elizabeth and I could talk to you about that all day (laughs) and one thing I would say is that well for a good while I kept having to pinch myself because I left corporate via an accident and then kept on building my business I didn't just quit so it was quite unconventional but my friend I remember one particular friend would say you are so much happier than you were before and I am you know don't get me wrong there's challenges (laughs) every day but 
it doesn't outweigh the joy that I get from what I'm doing and that just lights me up every single day. Yeah, well, talking of challenges, that was going to be my next question. So obviously, you've had some amazing benefits starting up your business, but obviously, equally, there are challenges when you're running your business. So what has been the (laughs) the biggest challenge in running your business? The biggest challenge, oh, I don't know if I can pinpoint it down to one. I would probably say... I would probably sort of say it's more around mindset, even though I'm a mindset coach and I do all the mindset work, it doesn't mean to say that I don't have mindset stuff that comes up. And I think probably one of the biggest challenges that I face as a business owner and as a coach, and this can happen to anyone, and I, in fact, I did a talk on this the other day, is about imposter syndrome, that feeling that you're a fraud, that you're going to get caught out, that you don't know enough that there's better coaches out there for you. And when I, I've changed my packages now, but at one point I had like three, six and nine months packages. And now I have a six week VA freedom startup to get assistance started with their VA business. But I sold um, a nine month coaching package and at the time it was around three grand. And I started coaching this lady and every time I came to that session, I felt anxiety. I wasn't looking forward to the session. I, you know, I was like, let me read another book. Let me buy another book. Let me research something. Let me read her notes again. Let me find that little booklet with top 100 questions about coaching in it from the coaching academy. And, you know, I full on had imposter syndrome. I didn't think I was good enough. But that started because it was my first client. Well, it's probably my second client, but it was the first client that actually paid me one lump sum of three grand, which is a lot of money. And for me, it felt like a huge responsibility. And the thoughts started creeping in. I was like, what if I let her down? What if I'm not good enough? What if I don't deliver? What if she wants her money back? All those what ifs that come into our head when we step into fear unknown and uncertainty so for me that was definitely my biggest challenge you know I feel like I've I've definitely overcome it now but I think it's something that doesn't go away it does stay with you and it's about having those strategies that work for you so I did a talk on imposter syndrome for practically perfect PA last Friday with great feedback and you know like I believe in being in integrity, being honest and open and not sugarcoating things. And I, I have gone through that imposter syndrome. It didn't make me a bad coach. It just made me human. Yeah. And the fact that I did think I was a fool that I was going to get caught out shows actually how good a coach I was because I was worried about these things. But yeah, so I think that was probably the biggest thing. So there's been other challenges, but that's probably got to be the biggest one that I've had to overcome. I think that's a really interesting point because obviously, obviously we started our podcast and that was a similar thing that the person we interviewed yesterday said about. And I think, and she's been in business seven years, but she yeah. was still getting those fears. I do. I've been in business for over four years and there are days and weeks sometimes when I think what am I doing so I think I think it was a really good point that you made because I think it's not unnatural to have those thoughts even when you've been in business a while absolutely and I'd love to share a few tips on like what I've used and what strategies I've used to help overcome my imposter syndrome so I have I mean it's in a spreadsheet but you can use any kind of document but it's called Susie is awesome I don't know I've got awesome in capital letters and every time a client writes a testimonial says something positive that was an amazing session or recently a client took three clients on in the first two to three weeks of our coaching program and said Susie you're an absolutely amazing coach I bank it 
And I encourage anyone that is healing those feelings of I'm a fraud, I'm not good enough, someone can do this better, why me, why would they choose me? All of that negativity and doubt, have something where you record the positive things that come in. So when you have a day and you're starting to doubt yourself, go back to it. And it could be a notebook, you know, a handwritten notebook if you like that style. It could be an app online. It could be in Google Drive or Dropbox. But have something. So as soon as you get validation, because that's what the brain is looking for, that validation, go back and look at it. Because effectively what it's doing, it's enabling you to go back and look at the evidence. Because what happens is our brain, it doesn't like uncertainty and change. And it also can come out of the present moment and go into the future, you know, the future and start to tell stories which aren't necessarily true because all we have is the present moment. We don't know what's going to happen in the future and we can't control the past, which means that the only moment we have is the present moment. So when we look back at our achievements and that can be done in other ways through looking at your LinkedIn recommendations, looking at a performance review with your employer, you know, listening to some things that your partner might have said to you, if you've got a partner or your family, what supportive things have people said? And another thing that you can do is to list out your strengths or the things that you're good at. So every day, write down three things that you're good at. And it could be anything. It could be, I'm great at regularly flossing my teeth. It doesn't have to be related to work. But what we're doing here is we're effectively reprogramming our brain for success. Okay, because if we keep feeding the negative thoughts, then that's what we'll get. We'll be on a loop, we'll be on a cycle. So we get into the habit of having a gratitude diary or writing down three things we're good at or looking back at that awesome list, then you're constantly reprogramming your brain into success and away from that imposter syndrome. So I hope those tips are useful for your audience. Yeah, thank you, Susie. That's amazing. I hope people really embrace that. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. So um, one of the other questions we get asked um, in the Business Growth Club is obviously, how do you like advertise your business? So what yeah. advertising channels work for, for you? I think you've alluded to a little bit of LinkedIn, maybe. Yeah. Um, but what are the ones that really, really work for you? Okay, so I don't really use the term advertising. I use the term marketing because I think there's a slight difference. But I think for me, like a lot changed for me when I invested in Helen Pritchard's LinkedIn marketing. And it's really having a strategy. So yeah, LinkedIn is where I am. It's where I get my leads. It's where I get my clients. I never had, I've got a website, but I've never had a client from my website. I've had a client from a referral from someone I met a couple of times. I didn't even realize I spoke to them about my business. But I would say 99% of my leads, my clients come from LinkedIn. I'm starting to get more referrals now, which is fantastic. Word of mouth. My clients always have lovely things to say about me. But it's definitely been LinkedIn for me. And I think it's sometimes an underutilized or misunderstood platform. I love it. And I think if you know what you're doing and you have the right strategy, then it can be fantastic. So the kind of way that I approach LinkedIn is to build those relationships and to follow people in my industry and connect with them. So by doing that, I've had amazing things happen in my business. I've had dinner with the lovely Lucy Brazier. I've spoken on a webinar that was that Bonnie was also speaking on, Bonnie Low Craman. I've been invited to speak with Alice Scutchie for um, the Canary Wharf PA Club and I'm doing another talk for her next week on from executive assistant to virtual assistant and just being just being online and just 
having building those relationships, adding value. It's not always about pitching your services. I do put that promo post and say, this is what I offer. If you'd like to book a call with me, here's my candy link. Let's have a chat and we can figure out your next steps. I share testimonials. But the biggest part of what I do really is building relationships, building relationships, supporting people. Now, I'm not an assistant anymore, but I'm a huge advocate of the assistant role because I know how hard assistants work. And and sadly, the truth is, they're not recognized enough for their contribution, which is sad. And I know there's a lot of advocates out there fighting for that, such as Lucy Brazier and Bonnie Lowe Kramer and many other people. So yeah, so I, I use LinkedIn. And I think it's just such a fantastic tool. But I say the key part of that is really building relationships, but also don't be afraid to you know, to ask what you want. Don't be afraid to put out a post and say, this is the service I offer. If you want to find out more, send me a DM or click on my candy link in the comments. Because otherwise you say, you're going to say the best, you know, hidden secret. Like people need to know about you. We all have a service to offer as a business owner. So I think it's about stepping into that bravery and just being visible, which can be scary. And doing and doing videos as well is an is important part of um, marketing. And in terms of LinkedIn, can I just ask, because I think sometimes there's a misperception around with like clients that we speak to and that. So, for example, for us, yeah, LinkedIn is uh, definitely for us and a little bit of Facebook. So that's all we concentrate on. We did a big yeah. audit last year and they we realized that the two channels that work for us so we don't do anything on the others but so we concentrate on that so i think there's a misconception i think people think it's really quick and stuff but you do have to work at linkedin do you so yeah. how long would you say you spend i don't know if you spend some time a week or how much time per month would you say you yeah. need to spend on linkedin to really make it work for you yeah. I think this is a great question. I took on a new client a couple of days ago and she was like, oh, do I have to spend three or four hours on different social media channels? And I really want to address this. And I think it's such an important question, Elizabeth. So thank you for asking that. And I agree with you. Firstly, I think just focus on one platform as you're getting started, become known, become the expert, and then you can start looking at another platform. So like you, I use LinkedIn predominantly and I have a Facebook page, but I do most of my stuff on LinkedIn. For me, I spend about an hour, maybe a little bit more than that, a day on LinkedIn. And it doesn't need to be even that amount. I spend that much on it because I'm willing to put that amount of effort in. But you don't need to do much more than 20, 30 minutes a day. But what is really important is consistency. Mm -hmm. Now, I see people showing up, posting a post, and then three weeks later, they post another post. And I would say this, and it's really, really important, post every single day. And I know what thoughts come up in people's minds when they hear this. Oh, but I'm going to annoy people. Oh, you know, they're going to think I'm spamming them. The fact of the matter is they may not even see your post due to the LinkedIn algorithms. I've, I put out about, shamelessly, <laughs> about 10 different promo posts a day that linked into different pain points. And I get likes, I get leads, but I've never ever had anyone say to me oh my god you sent to me promo posts because people don't see them all or if they do see it again it's a reminder so one client I had and I said what made you reach out to me she said I just kept on seeing your posts everywhere so people need to have that reminder because they have several engagement points before they actually make that commitment 
And some people are quick decision makers and some people aren't. So know that you don't need to spend much more than half an hour every day, but put testimonials out. It doesn't matter if you've got one, put it out every few days because it will just reinforce the message. Share what your offer is, okay? Come on video. I know it's scary, (laughs) but come on video. Put your makeup on, wash your hair. It, It doesn't need to be perfect. And just share a little bit about who you are. Like, what do you do? Introduce yourself. Like, what problems do you solve for your clients? And just, yeah, just build those relationships. Engage, follow people that will have access to your ideal client. But I think, yeah, there's a common misconception that you have to spend hours on LinkedIn or hours across multiple social media channels. That's not true. I don't agree with that approach. And I don't think any business coach would say you should, you know, spend hours on multiple social media channels. Pick one. But I think the key is like knowing who your ideal client is. And this is something, you know, we address, I address in my coaching program. Who is your ideal client? What are their pain points? And you'll find that out by doing some research, sending a survey out, asking to interview them. But also you want to figure out where they're hanging out and where are they buying? Like, If you're, as an example, if your ideal client is a mum and they're on Pinterest, are they on Pinterest to buy or are they on Pinterest to look for recipes for their kids? Okay, so this is where research comes in. So know who your ideal client is, know where they're hanging out and then just engage, comment and just build relationships. And it doesn't need to take that long in terms of getting clients in your business. It can really vary. It took me about two and a half months to get a client in my business. But equally, I've had, I've had got a client that's, well, I've got different clients. I've got one that had a lead in the first sort of two and a half weeks. Yeah. Another one that had picked up three clients in by the, the end of the third week. Yeah. So it really depends. But she was consistent. Like that client is really consistent. So I'd say just be really, really consistent and just keep focused and know your idle client. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you for those hints and tips. That's that's really good. And so finally, my final question is, obviously, as we're recording this podcast, businesses are going through their toughest time, I think, ever (laughs) in a good number of years. Even I know we've had recessions and stuff, but this is a whole new world as we record the podcast. So obviously, what are your goals going to be in your business, whether they're short term goals or long term goals? What what are your goals that you want to, to challenge yourself with? Yeah, and I love this question because I think goals are so important and my coaches are always, you know, not pushing us, but nurturing us to like get clear on our goals. And I've just done Q4 goals and broken that all down. So at the moment, the coaching program I'm promoting, I'm offering at the moment is the VA Freedom Startup. And that is a six-week coaching program. So I'm kind of halfway to fully booked. So my goal is to be fully booked by the end of the year, definitely. And then I have my next goal is to get five, you know, get a five-figure income, get to six, get to seven. Because I believe, and this is a lot around money mindset, I believe that the more money you earn in the business, the more people you can help, the more money you can invest into charities, the more money you can invest into your business to create different programs for people at different levels, whether it's an online course or a group a coaching program so I have a lot of goals and ideas for my business and my coaches rein me in because as an entrepreneur it's quite common to just get an idea and want to run with it straight away but it's important to have a strategy so I am looking at building an online mindset course I am looking to build a a group coaching program probably be next year now I would like to have a podcast at some point and my dream as well would be to create a membership site and I've got the name for it and everything and I've mapped it out but it's just about 
having a strategy around when is the right time to launch that. So yeah, definitely different goals in my business. And I think ultimately there's there's other things as well. There's things like I want to be on stage speaking to over 200 people. I want to deliver webinars or hopefully when we can do in-person talks around the world and really impact assistants on a a global level and really impact them to know what is possible, that there is an option outside of the nine to five and that they are capable of so much that they are enough. So yeah, huge, huge goals in my business. And I think linking that into the personal side, my dream would be in five years time to kind of hit that seven figure business and to work with a project management company to build schools in Africa and to go out there three or four times a year. I was a volunteer for a school in Africa in Uganda a few years back, well, a few, 2011 now. And I just kind of like, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to give, you know, the children that have such a poor upbringing an opportunity to have an education to have a choice to have that freedom and I guess again it comes back to choice and it's it's a big big dream and I know I need a lot of money for it and that's why I want to build my business grow it invest in it support more assistance with helping them know what's possible helping them set up their VA business so they can have that freedom that choice they can spend more time in their family they can go traveling when when they're allowed but yeah I you know I have huge dreams I just want to make such a big impact in the world I think we've got one lifetime and so much is possible and I just need to start from where I am yeah oh wow that is amazing well good luck with your thank you Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to record our podcast with us today so the Small Business Growth Club is um, designed to help people who are starting out on that road. We give them hints and tips every month with a themed newsletter. We've got forums and everything that people can access. We have networking groups. So we really want to help small businesses enjoy the journey of setting up a business. And part of this podcast is now going to be part of that for you to enjoy, for our members to enjoy. So if you would like to join the Small Business Growth Club, we will put the links in in with the podcast notes for you. So please do take a look at the club. We really would love to have you on board and to help you grow your business over these coming years. So that's it from us today and we will see you on our next podcast.